a Midnight Waffles podcast. This is Battle Stations, a podcast about the Columbus Destroyers and the Arena Football League. I'm Frank Walker. Hey folks, welcome to the show this week. A little bit of something different. Um, because the first round of the playoffs was just complete blowouts. And and you know what? Maybe something happens in week two and Baltimore and Washington have that comeback spirit and can do something amazing. If they can, good for them. Um, but we, we did kind of a big preview show for that last week. Next week we're going to be back to more of a traditional structure discussing them games themselves and, and kind of what we're looking at. Um, since we'll be going into the well, we'll be going to the Arena Bowl, so it'll be our Arena Bowl show. Um, this week's a little different. Uh, when I, back in the in the uh, late winter, early spring, when I went to the uh, Destroyers headquarters, um, the team's chief operating officer, Rich Whitmire, he said at that time, he's like, "Hey, do you want me to come on the show? Do you want me to talk?" And I, at the time, I thought that'll be great. Yeah, we'll talk with him. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, no, I, I want to talk with him after the season's over. Because that'll be more interesting. That like there'll be stories from the season. There'll be what happened, what went down. So it'll be a little more interesting. So we've got that for you tonight. And and I'm glad we we did a little bit of a wait because it, it's after talking with him. I mean, at the time there was there was so much unknown still uh, about what was going to happen. And I think this works well because I think it's you know this this podcast and this this interview with Rich. Um, is is one of those first bookmarks in the kind of the the history of the return of the destroyers and i i like that we've got this and i'm, I'm glad we can share it with you guys uh, so enjoy the interview with rich again thank him so much thank you again rich so much for coming on the show and uh enjoy folks welcome to the battle stations podcast columbus destroyers chief operating officer rich whitmire how are you doing this evening rich i'm doing great frank thank you how are you doing I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. So, I mean, you're you know, for for most people, uh, you're not the you're definitely not the face of the franchise, but you're someone whose <laughs> whose fingers are in everything, and and you're you're really involved in in what starting everything was. So, can you give somebody give our uh, give the fans a sense of of what you did before uh, coming to Columbus, coming to the Destroyers? Uh, sure. So I I've, I've had a long career, mostly in the uh, NBA. A little time in the NHL, but I mean, I started with the Philadelphia 76ers in the mid '90s, um, in a variety of different jobs, from public relations to business ops to ticket sales to a little work in sponsorship and and all those sort of things. So, you know, sort of a broad um, experience at a, in several different markets. Um, I was actually involved with the Steel, the Portland Steel, for a little bit when uh, the league took ownership of them, and, and we were basically just sent out to to run the team for for the end of the season. I wasn't even there for the beginning of it, but just to get through that season. Um, so a little AFL experience, but it certainly hasn't been my uh, my wheelhouse. But, uh, you know, setting up structures, I was part of relocation of the of the Charlotte Hornets to New Orleans um, and it moved that, helped move that team to Oklahoma City after Hurricane Katrina and then back. So certainly have experience with starting things up from scratch um, and, and some under quick timelines, but none as quick as this. Right, you, you mentioned the quick timeline here. I mean, it for you. I mean, since since this team was announced in, I think the actual announcement came maybe in February. I mean, how much how much lead time did you have from the day that you were on the job till kickoff of that first game? Um, I mean, I, I think so. I got the call um, 
about the opportunity the week before the Super Bowl. I think it was the Wednesday before the Super Bowl. And I went out to Atlanta to meet with uh, Commissioner Bo and, and President Adams and, you know, sit down and talk with them. They were in town for the Super Bowl. And at the time, I was working at Auburn, which was, was a quick drive in. And, and we talked, and, and that was a Thursday, I think. And by Monday, I was working for the team. And um, probably six minutes, so that was early, mid-February. Um, and then April came real quick. And, uh, you know, we, we were just reminiscing the other day about, you know, working from hotel lobbies and everything else because, I mean, you know, there, there was no staff. Um, you know, Dominic Jones, was, DJ was involved on the football ops side, and, um, and it was just us looking for, you know, office space that you've seen, and, you know, that's still under construction, <laughs> but, but getting better, um, you know, to, to hiring, you know, full-time staff for ticket sales and game presentation and ticket operations and PR and, and everything else, and then, on, you know, football side, so... Um, probably about 60 days, I'd say. Um, and, you know, it's, it was kind of funny leading up to that time, too. We, we'd talk a lot about our home opener in May, you know, because our first three games were on the road. So, you know, all of a sudden we realized, like, shoot, there's a bunch of stuff we need to be ready for for the regular season opener, even though it's not at home. Um, so, luckily, we had a, a few extra weeks with, uh, with you know, the scheduling. But, uh, but you know, we, we got it done, and I think I told you, you know, how we'll define success. You know, was once we kicked off in May, um, that w- we were successful. You know, it was um, getting everything up and running, and, and you know, putting on what we felt was a tremendous show in in the arena. Um, you know, w- was a success. So so we're happy with that. Um, but certainly have identified a lot of areas to grow. Now, in that in those early days, so you mentioned around about sixty days. Which, my goodness, that's quick. <laughs> Um, yeah, there are days. I was actually not to interrupt you, but I was writing a letter to our season ticket holders about, you know, talking about renewals and stuff that's going to go out probably tomorrow. Um, and it was literally uh, five months to the day uh, when I sent the first letter out saying, "Here's the process. You know, here's where we're at in deposits, and here's the process going to be for selecting your seats." So to think like, you know, five months we sat everyone, then we had, you know, select the seat stuff and. And then play the season, <laughs> and, and now it's over already. So it's, you know, been been crazy. But sorry, go ahead. Uh, in that, in those, in those sixty days, there were there any times where you thought to yourself, did I, did I make a mistake coming here, or was it were you just too busy getting stuff done that you didn't have time to think about that? No, you know, honestly, and friends all around leagues would ask me that, and I said, you know, it's tiring, it's stressful. At the same time, I'm waking up at five thirty in the morning and like with no alarm, right? I'm just ready to go and ready to start buying out emails and, and taking on what's next. And um, I've told a million people, if if you're in the industry that, that I've decided to be in and this doesn't get you charged up and you're in the wrong industry, right? Because we had the opportunity to create something from scratch. And so often organizations just take so long to make decisions. And we didn't have that luxury. It was like, okay, this looks good. Let's do this. Um, and, you know, and we have to build an organization that's okay to fail. Right. Look at all the different things and say, OK, we tried that. It didn't work. So we'll move on. Um, and we couldn't get hung up on the things that the hurdles that were going to take a little longer to fix, because if you do that, if you've got 18 things in your checklist for the day, you get hung up on number one, then you get none of them done. So, all right, that's not happening today. So let's just move on to number two and get, and get going on that. Um, so that's sort of the approach the whole organization took. And, you know, it, it was pretty successful um, given the time frame. You know, I think we made more right decisions than wrong by far, um, especially given the information we had at the time to make them. 
Now, after being in Columbus for a season, I mean, you've been in New Orleans, Philadelphia, you mentioned, uh, down in mm-hmm. down in Alabama at Auburn. Uh, mm-hmm. What has what you noticed about the Columbus market that you think makes it unique or makes it kind of different from other places? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think every every market's unique and every market has similarities. Um, you know, and again, I'm still trying to, to learn the fabric of, of the city. Um, but people really are proud of Columbus, um, which is very similar to New Orleans. Um, and I think people from Ohio are very proud of Ohio. Um, you know, and that's one of the things I've learned. Um, and obviously, you know, you, I know going in, you know, working for a, a power five school and a major national contender, like I can only imagine, you know, I, I knew what Columbus was and what, what football was to Columbus. Um, so, so that, that was a no brainer and that's not obvious, but, um, you know, I, I think it's a tremendously quickly growing city. Um, I think I might have told you that I had a friend who lived here as part of destroyers the first time and asked about Columbus and, and he described it as a cold Austin, Texas. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's a young city. It's vibrant. A lot of tech coming into it. The capital of the state, uh, college football, you know, heavy, and, and and all those things are true. But but I think it's so much more. You know, as as I get in more ingratiating the community and talk to people, I'm like, oh well, we're number one in this, and we're number two in the in the country in this, and um, so so I think there there's a lot that that makes it unique and passion for football of all sorts, right? High school, college, peewee, um, professional, you know, teams of the in, in Cleveland and Cincinnati, like all matter deeply to, to these people. Um, and that's exciting that I think that gives us a lot of opportunity. Now, looking back at the season that was, um, are there any things you look back at from those, those early days in, in February till, till now and think, you know what, maybe we could have done this better. If I could, maybe I'd have done this a different way. Yeah. I, I think there's always things. Um, I, I try to reflect and look at things that we could have done better and, and like I said before, I think a lot of decisions we made were based on the information we had at the time. Um, perfect example is, is how we priced out the building and the different amenities that, that were changing for next year. Um, you know, I, I was pricing a building that I hadn't, I didn't know. Um, and the couple of times I've been in it before we started, a pricing was already out and it was a blue Jackets playoff game or something like that. So, you know, it's just a different feel, but after, you know, seeing our building in action for our games, um, you know, it, it gave me a different perspective of, of what we should offer and, and, you know, hearing our fans and what they want and, and working from there. So um, that would be one, you know, I, I think, um, you know, hiring, hiring staff, which are like another, you know, for the first several weeks, it was me. So I was answering emails, everything from merchandising to, you know, tickets to sponsorships and everything else. Um, and I, I, I probably got myself bogged down in that instead of spending that same time, you know, I wanted to be responsive to people. I didn't want people to think they weren't being heard. But I should have also taken more time then to get people in who could answer those questions because that's their specific discipline um, a lot earlier. Now, from the perspective of, of, I mean, management, I mean, it's not, you know, as far as where you're at, when you have a, a season kind of go the way it did on the field, where the team just doesn't win the way anybody wanted. The, the on-field product just didn't go the way people wanted. How does that affect what you're doing? Uh, I mean, is it is it something where because it's the first season and there's still that excitement on the team coming back, it may not affect things? Or how does that how does that affect your job day-to-day when in handling as the, the chief operating officer? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely impacts it, right? Um, it impacts, you know, media coverage. It impacts a lot of things. It impacts our staff morale, right? Like when you have ticket sales guys, you have to come in and call people for tickets and to buy tickets and all those sort of things. Um, so it, it certainly impacts everyone, coaches, players. Um, but, you know, it, it's I, I try not to play the results of things too much. You know, I, I just got off the phone conversation with somebody and I said, it's easy to look at the record and everything and feel one way, but the flip side of that is if if we looked back and said before this all started, there's going to be you know I don't know what it was eight or nine games out of twelve that are come down to the last play or the last drive, would we be happy with that? Now we would have thought we'd you know win half of them, um, you know, but so it, it wasn't necessarily the result wasn't necessarily indicative of the effort and everything the team put in. Um, and I also looked at the, you know, the fact that we had our highest, you know, announced and paid attendance at the season finale um, really was meaningful um, to, to a lot of us. And the third highest was the second to last game. So even, even though the record wasn't trending up, people were still coming out and supporting us um, and, and having a good experience. And, you know, our season ticket holder surveys have all come back very positive other than, you know, win more games and, and things like that. But, uh, so, so overall, you know, I think tremendous success, um, you know, other than, other than the record, um, which, which we're getting to work on that stuff now too. So, <laughs> all right. And, and from this season, and it may be something you just mentioned, but I, what are you, what are you especially proud of when you look back at this last season, uh, as far as the work that went in the team that was built, everything that was done there? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm proud of, of the group of people that are all sort of behind the scenes, um, you know, who just worked tirelessly to, to make this thing happen. You know, our game presentation director, you know, Lynn Truitt being at Nationwide until, you know, 11 and 12 o'clock at night loading in LED stuff so that we're ready to go. Um, you know, just people, just everyone sort of had the attitude of like, let's just get it done. All right. Like, let's just, let's just do it. I mean, we had, you know, we're one of the top teams in sponsorship revenue and we had 30 days, right? Like 60 days. Those, those things take a lot of time to get done. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that we were able to produce what we could produce in that time frame is, is truly astounding um, given the resources, right? Like we, we might have, we did really well in Oklahoma city when we relocated there after Hurricane Katrina, but we were the NBA. We had a lot more resources um, and we had a whole staff that was going, it wasn't, okay, one person go and figure it out. Um, so I, I think just the passion that, that the group that, that I get to work with, you know, every day and most nights um, put, put into in the accomplishing this and not worrying about egos and not worrying about credit and not worrying about, you know, arguments that you have because you're spending 15 hours a day with somebody and uh, you're exhausted and everything else, just, just moving on from it and, and getting things done. Um, is what I'm most proud of when I look back on the last six months, five, six months. Now, something I've, I've noticed coming across just reading, you know, interacting with different fans and whatnot and, and talking with people around the fans around the league. Could you give a little bit of an explanation as to how, as, as someone who kind of runs the, the day-to-day business stuff, the destroyers, how that interacts with a league when the team's league owned? Because a, a lot of people still have that paradigm of, Oh, the team has an owner, and then the league's kind of separate. But that's that's not how this runs at all, really. I mean, how how would you explain that to to someone who doesn't really seem to 
grasp how yeah, that works to, to differently. Grasp it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say um, it's every pro team is a little different in how they operate. That has a traditional owner and and their management of it. Um, but a lot of teams have owners that you know you work with. You know, my position, the president or whatever of the team, and set budgets, and then you go from there. You know, so so I think. Long term, and the league was more heavily involved with us because we were expansion, and certainly the folks at Monumental Sports, um, you know, were our day-to-day, you know, resource. And again, not necessarily making decisions, but a sounding board for me to say, like, hey, I'm thinking this. What have you guys seen in other places? Um, but you know, I, I think long term, it's going to be budgets and minimum standards will come from the league, and then all the things will be determined locally on on how the to budget it. So the league won't say you have to spend X, Y, Z on production or you have to spend X, Y, Z on player housing. They'll say, here's the minimum that they need to have. And here's your total budget for everything football operations related. So just manage it. Like it's up to you to determine where those resources are spent, best spent. So if I have a specific budget for front office stuff, I can decide I want to spend more on, you know, single game advertising than I do, you know, bobblehead night, you know, so it'll be up to us to determine, you know, where we want to put those resources to, to each market, because to your point, every market's different. So the decision we make here wouldn't be the right decision in Atlantic city um, or Philadelphia or any of the other markets. All right. Now we we've talked with coach sock about what his off season is going to consist of. And, and we know that with players, it's a lot of, you know, keeping in shape and keeping the phone on for when teams are going to call. What's the off season look like for a COO? I mean, is there some some well earned time off coming up, or what what does the off season look like for you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll find some time in, in bits and pieces. Um, you know, I I think you know I have always started using off season in quotes um, because most leagues don't have off seasons. You know, ours is a little longer, which is nice. It's going to be weird for me to have an off season in fall and winter. You know, the other day I was looking at football games I can travel to go to and, you know, the ability to go see my daughter play some volleyball games that I don't usually get when you're in football or basketball. Um, but, uh, so, so we're working, uh, like I said, we're about to go out with renewals. Um, you know, it, it's, we're, we're I, I would say we're going to be ripping off all the band-aids that, that we had to put up over the last few months and rebuilding it truly the way that we wanted to be built. Um, not just good enough to have a smoke and mirrors facade out there, but really, you know, everything from, you know, figuring out what community partners we want, like what are our platforms going to be for our, our charity initiatives um, and, and our community projects. And, and, you know, and a lot of things we have to redo because we did one year deals. So it's going to be meeting with our corporate partners that we had, figuring out what worked for them, what didn't, and truly going through a needs analysis process and, and getting better there and, and working with the, the corporate partners we don't have and introducing ourselves and, and those sort of things, uh, renewing season tickets, um, doing all the, you know, group sales, you know, hopefully we're, we're hoping to have an earlier schedule, you know, earlier free agent calendar, all those sort of things. So, so we can get to work on, on those things. Um, you know, but from the business side, the main things are the sponsorships, the, the, you know, marketing and, and community relations elements and, and ticket sales. All right. And kind of the final question here, wrapping up this, this conversation with you here now in a couple of weeks uh, at the arena bowl, um, we've, we've heard that that's when the commissioner is telling us there's going to be announcements and new teams and all that stuff. As, as someone who's been through this, this, uh, this gauntlet of setting up a new team and doing it in a, you know, in a couple of months and someone, you know, talking to folks who are going to be setting up new teams, 
what what advice would you give to them? Whatever new markets we get, whatever however many teams there are, what would you say to them as far as your advice on on how to how to best be prepared for for a good first season? Yeah, well, the, the first thing I'd say is that I hate them for having you know an extra six months. Um, <laughs> but, but after <laughs> that, I, I I think I'd say that that again we talked touching it before is that you have to make decisions and move forward. Um, and you have to make the decisions that you think are best given the information you have at the time. That information may change, and you have to be willing to, to be flexible with it. Um, but, you know, you're going to have obstacles, and um, don't let them get in your way. You know, just move on to the next thing because that obstacle could take days or weeks to fix. And if you get hung up on it, then, then you won't get, you know, number two through five on your checklist done. All right. Well, Rich, thank you very much so much for your uh, your time this night and for being uh, being so generous with it there. And and good luck. Enjoy the off season. Hopefully, you get some games this fall. And and uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, Frank. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Battle Stations. 